Hello there. So today we're going to talk about the whole thing about the FBI searching the Donald Trump house in Florida. So uh, what do I say about that? Is it is it legitimate? Is it not legitimate? That's what a lot of people, you know, are debating about now. But the simple truth of it is they are right to investigate him as they would be right to investigate anyone accused of similar crimes. All right, so mystery solved as far as that one goes. So there you have it. Trump apparently took many classified government documents that did not legally belong to him, possibly including nuclear secrets, which is as serious as it gets. We already know that Trump and his family are fully capable of criminal acts, just like so many other politicians throughout history, including recent history. And this is also based on attempts to subvert the election results alone. You know, we can just look at that and see, oh, they're willing to uh, not play by the rules. And, uh, you know, this, this is part of the trajectory that they're on the established trajectory. So in one text to the then White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, Donald Trump or Donald Trump Jr. makes the argument that, quote, we, meaning Trump's family and the cult followers, have operational control to overturn the 2020 election results. So think about that. Does that sound like somebody who is totally clean reputationally, who doesn't have any sorts of, you know, skeletons in the closet or actual crimes or anything like that. To me, you know, it sounds like there's something to look for. Obviously, these are technically separate issues, but probably not in, in Trump's own mind. And it seems most people will at least subconsciously tie this document-related issue to Trump's other misdeeds. In addition to other, you know, criminal acts by politicians that are ongoing. So it's no great mystery why the investigation happened, because Trump has made clear that he has overt criminal intent moving forward, and the Republican Party overall stands with him and will seemingly excuse any possible crime that he commits or could commit. By now, this apparently includes even stealing nuclear secrets, uh, defending the ability, the intention of anyone to just take such information willy-nilly would have been an unthinkable nightmare task for Republicans if it was anyone other than their beloved cult leader, Donald Trump. So keep in mind, these people were hopping mad over Hillary Clinton's email scandal. And, you know, maybe she, maybe she should have faced some consequences for that more than she did. And that might have merited some outrage, but this is worse, especially in light of what a petty, vindictive, anti-democratic force Donald Trump has proven to be. And I mean, small deed anti-democratic force, you know, not just anti the Democratic Party, but, you know, he's trying to be able to subvert elections. That's a no-no. The fact they want to, you know, 
use us and use this as a way to, uh, you know, distract from previous issues is also strange. They want us to look the other way on this and on January 6th and the fake elector scheme and so many other things. Yet they were endlessly outraged over Benghazi and the mere election of Barack Obama because he was a black president. Remember, Donald Trump was trying to argue that he couldn't have been born in the United States and he was a secret Muslim and all, all that stuff. Well, that really speaks volumes, doesn't it? So, I mean, based on even the Obama thing alone, like his lies about that, we, we know that Trump is dishonest. Um, you don't really need to scratch your head too much about that because he just told some egregious lies about Obama. And you know what? I'm not a huge Obama fan. I'm not. I was actually criticizing him during his time in office more than I was defending him. But of course, the Republicans, being the way they are, they actually made it so sometimes I would actually have to stand up and defend Obama because a lot of the stuff they were saying about him was just stupid bullshit. So anyway, they're so much in panic mode that they're a little less fixated over Hunter Biden's laptop now even, and they've gone fully into defund and abolish the FBI mode, all because the FBI carried out a legitimate search warrant for missing documents believed to be unceremoniously, unofficially headquartered at the Mar-a-Lago, I guess the cult center, you might call it, the uh, Jim Jones-style <laughs> uh, retreat, I guess. But really, I, I need to be clear on something here. They don't truly want to abolish the FBI per se, but they would like a law enforcement agency that serves Trumpists rather than the American people. And to be fair, like if, if the FBI only served the Democratic Party, I would oppose that as well. I would think that was bullshit. And certainly, if, if there's evidence that they are being used in that kind of partisan way, by all means, present it. Let's, let's have a discussion about that. So it's not like the FBI was ever wholly 100% fault-free, and I'm not making that case here. In fact, that's sort of like a separate issue to a large degree. And one might even argue against having such a law enforcement body altogether. You know, I'm a grown-up. I'm able to have those kinds of discussions if people want them. But really, the uh, Republican problem is simply that it's trying to hold their cult leader accountable. They don't want the FBI to do that. Similarly, when they try to craft a narrative regarding January 6th, it pays to try to understand what they really wanted. They didn't try to dis disrupt the certification as some principal last resort effort to prevent something as epic as a genocide or even to prevent some war or something like that. Uh, Trump and his planners sought to disrupt the government because they're sore losers and they couldn't take it like a proverbial man. You know, they were not, not good sports about it. So, you know, they had to sulk like babies about, you know, the whole loss and everything like that. And uh, here we are in this situation now. So as we learned during the January 6th committee hearings, they sent away some cult members to the Capitol on what 
GOP weirdos later called a tourist visit, of all things. And no, I'm not making that up. You can find plenty of people who were, you know, describing it in such a way, almost as if they consider it like a joke or something. And we know that Trump knew these people might have been armed and virulently angry. And it's even apparent that Trump had intended to march with them himself. And to a sort of perverse credit, this suggests Trump probably wouldn't have been too cowardly to have marched with them, despite what some Democrats have said earlier on. So oddly enough, that critique of the orange man was apparently debunked by Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony. Though this updated inf information still makes Trump look bad, because of, it obviously made it look like he was pro the insurrection. So uh, Trump's refusal to allow that he lost the election is bad, too. Let's not forget that, that whole general statement. That he let anyone into the Oval Office who might have plotted a coup is also bad. And, of course, there is evidence that he was doing that, including uh, the Mike Pillow guy was apparently there involved. Like, what the hell does a, a pillow salesman have to do with the future of the country? Well, it turns out in this zany scenario, uh, he somehow has quite a bit. And it's really because he's a rich guy. That's why. And he uh, refuses to say no to Trump at any point. So right-wing media refusing to, prov to provide an independent look at his potential misdeeds is also bad enough on its own, let alone all the added horrors as part of the clown show. But the truth has always been vital to the people's defense, and that democracy is in danger is a fundamental truth of the 21st century, and very little of the evidence of Trump's behavior is even hidden. So much is right on the open, you know, there's, there's scarcely even an actual need for a debate on it because he's just been right out in the open with it. You have what he keeps weirdly calling his perfect phone call to Georgia, asking officials there to find 11,780 votes, uh, which was weird. He shouldn't have done that. And that's not just some implied crime, as far as I can tell. We're not just, we, we were not just tipped off by law enforcement officials that there may have been criminality there. You know, the, it's sort of obvious that pressuring officials to do that is most likely illegal. It would probably be illegal if I did it, even. In fact, if I was to, like, try to intimidate some politician to uh, change the election results, I think somebody might be, you know, they might be knocking on my door about that. So specifically, Georgia has a state law against criminal solicitation to commit election fraud. So that is apparently what is happening right now. You know, what the legal troubles there are specifically about. So now we have even more knowledge about the dangers posed by these efforts because Trump had also taken classified information and then, of course, lied to the press about it. Now, I know Democrats will tie this into a Russian scheme sort of claim. But it's certainly still a crime even if Trump had no intentions of selling any information or trading it or using it for blackmail. And even if it was supposed to just sit there in his Mar-a-Lago basement, 
which is apparently where some of the documents were kept, which is another added layer of bizarre buffoonery to the story. But it's, it's also, you know, just a crime unto itself. It's also not like he enjoys the executive privilege claims right now because he's no longer as president. He is no longer employed by the United States government or the United States people, I should say, as president of the United States. And by the way, Trump has also shown us that he, you know, that he was uh, abusing his power, just like uh, so many of these politicians do over the years. And uh, I think we've learned from this that we need to legally reduce the president's power in general, regardless of who's in office. Maybe the executive privilege stuff should be substantially whittled down. Maybe we need new laws to reduce the powers of presidencies. Uh, maybe have psychological tests as a prerequisite for that office. Maybe have them pass basic civics tests. Or, hey, maybe even some advanced civics tests. And uh, with them being president and all, it seems like you might want them to know more about how the government works and such. And how about also putting bans on nepotism for presidents and other politicians? Once you get into this position of power, maybe it should automatically bar your kids or your spouse from holding that same office for life. You know, because if we really want political dynasties, we might as well just have kingdoms. You know, you could live in Saudi Arabia or maybe uh, North Korea, someplace like that, you know. And while on the topic of limiting power, maybe some major reforms should happen for the Supreme Court too, such as term limits and certain codes of conduct that assure they're not violating basic human rights and equal protections or protecting corporations uh, for corrupt purposes through their decisions. I mean, wouldn't that be swell? So obviously all of these little points would be deemed bad by Trump Nation and the Donald specifically, which means they would actually probably be pretty good for the country and presumably the world by logical extension. And there are some extra special ways we can tell that Trump is bad. So why would somebody like Liz Cheney possibly jeopardize herself by insinuating that Trump is a danger? So there are two main possible reasons, which may cross over a little bit. First, she believes that Trump is a danger to the country, so she is simply doing what she's supposed to do, which is prevent the country from being in further danger. Obviously, she sits on the January 6th committee with Congressman Adam Schiff, who has a book called Midnight in Washington, how we almost lost our democracy and still could. So she has actually said a rather badass quote about Trump. And even though I disagree with Cheney on a lot of things, the words are nevertheless pretty stirring. She said, tonight I say this to my Republican colleagues who are defending the indefensible. There will come a day when Donald Trump is gone, but your dishonor will remain. So just think about that. Now, again, even if you're some 
Liz, or even if you're not some Liz Cheney mega fan, you simply have to admit that's a mic drop moment. So give some credit where it's due and be a good sport about it. So anyway, my point is that that that's a sign that, you know, he's a significant danger when people are actually willing to put their careers on the line um, to, to go after him, you know. But anyway, the, the second reason may be that she's getting payback against Trump, who clearly, in her view, has damaged the Republican Party by turning it into little other than a personality cult. I'm guessing that, as implied in the quote I just noted, she sees the time of Trump will pass, and she knows that she must recognize that and criticize him to stay relevant herself. So that's more of the selfish motive aspect of it. No doubt she knows that if he succeeds in ruining future elections, which has kind of already been happening, if you look at what Laura Loomer, that crazy Republican, did, she lost her primary and now she's, you know, claiming fraud, which is what plenty of these Republicans are going to start doing now, even when they lose to other Republicans. They're going to follow the Trumpian example and do that. But anyway, if he succeeds in doing that to future elections, anyone who's even vaguely moderate will have no political future. And she doesn't want everyone to be QAnon adjacent because they will keep America as nothing but a paranoid laughingstock on the global stage for the future. And business will not go on as usual as society basically constantly risks collapse. And of course, there's a risk of collapse anyway, but this only makes it more plausible. I doubt she truly cares about any sort of American carnage more than her own political career, or maybe her perceived legacy as being on the right side of history. But but oddly enough, that makes Liz Cheney relatively normal (laughs) to actually care about the legacy. I wouldn't say any prominent figure in our twisted political system deserves that much praise, but things are so bad that the bare minimum standard and a little bit of fairness and sanity is about as good as it will get. Uh, Trump did not accomplish, you know, the weird aspects of his presidency alone, but he was undeniably still one of the main accelerants to what could be called the Great American Conflagration, or maybe what we could just call the Trumpster Fire. And the maddening nature of the situation is encapsulated in the far right's talking point about Trump derangement syndrome itself. So while they criticize, you know, what they call liberals and leftists for having TDS, they still actively promote Trump almost as a demigod anyway, which means, you know, everybody will continually have to be talking about Trump. (laughs) So it's like they're giving us TDS to begin with. You know, when you assure that we have to deal with a cult leader as an issue, well, that's what we're going to be talking about a good chunk of the time. So at this point, the main way to put the Trumpster fire out is to have more of these consequences for more crimes. I would love to think of some other approach because law enforcement is, it's always an iffy way to go and, you know, uh, it's, it's not really a, a safe and sloppy way or a 
safe and non-sloppy way. But, you know, what other options are there right now? Plus, Trump has plenty of crimes to address, so I say go for it. Show the party of law and order what ought to happen when powerful people break the law, and hopefully these efforts will also expose the two-tiered justice system that we've had practically all along. It's time that the rich and well-connected finally don't get let off easy. And that's really whether we're talking about Donald Trump or Nancy Pelosi or Hillary Clinton or, dare I say it, Hunter Biden. You know, if they've committed crimes, I have no problem with these things being investigated. And certainly enough, you know, some of the uh, corrupt business deals that go on within government should be considered crimes, but sometimes they're not. So, you know, maybe we should change the laws, as suggested before. So the sort of corruption where corporations are basically acting as lawmakers could be whittled away. So anyway, that's basically all I have to say now, and uh, you have a good day.